I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday. July the 13th, as we creep ever closer to opening day for your Philadelphia Phillies. One week from Friday, the Miami Marlins will come to town and we will have Major League Baseball games that matter. We will have attempts at exhibition games this weekend. There were interest squad games being played over the weekend. It's starting to feel real, and it's exciting. There's still a lot to... Clean up a lot of, um, you know, they have to make sure everything is buttoned up with the testing protocols and all that. We'll get into that. Jake Arrieta had some comments about that a little later in today's show. But we're there. We're close. And I know there's still a lot of um, unease in the air and there's a lot of question marks. But we're really close after four plus months without sports of sports Finally, at least attempting to return, and that in and of itself is exciting. And I look, I've heard a lot of a lot of people say sports shouldn't return and all that, and I get that argument too. But ultimately, if if the players, if the teams, if everyone involved is willing and wants to do it, and look, the players who aren't are opting out, um, then I, you know, I think if they want to give it a shot, then I think it's fair to get excited about the, the fact that they're giving it a shot, you know, and, and, and just hope for the best, you know, <laughs> yeah, because none of us really know what's going to happen. It's, it's all so fluid. There's so much change happening. Um, again, as far as it goes, I think baseball, I've said this many times, the, just the most socially distanced sport itself. Naturally, all the players are relatively far away from each other and don't have to interact that often on the field of play, obviously tag outs and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, Choosing, look, we all have a choice in this matter, right? We can either be pessimistic or optimistic. I'm choosing to be optimistic that we're going to have baseball next week. And um, I'm going to be excited about that. I think it's important for, for everyone that we have some sense of normalcy, that we have some distraction, some form of entertainment, something to kind of bring us back um, a little bit. And I know that we're not back back, so to speak, from a national perspective as far as um, all that we have to deal with, but I, I do think sports coming back is a a positivity, a sign of positivity for many, and I'm I'm excited about it, and I'm I'm going to be excited about it. And I'm going to hope for the best. Um, all right, let's talk some Phillies as we usually do on Mondays, and obviously as we creep towards the season, lots to get into. As we usually do on Mondays, uh, react to some of the news from Friday and uh, and over the weekend. I think uh, so. A number of different things to talk about today. First and foremost, let's start with the Romuto situation as uh after our show on friday this came out um uh todd zalecki uh friday morning after the show was out um uh putting out a source said thursday that phillies and jt romuto's agent have talked recently but nothing is close in fact the best bet at this point is that romuto hits the open market and the phillies try to sign him 
then. All right, that was certainly the biggest news at the end of last weekend. Um, for many obvious reasons, and it's become a very, um, the JT Romito situation is a very interesting situation for this Phillies team and, and one of the, the interesting ones to look at across baseball right now. We've talked a lot here on this show about my belief that the free agents this offseason, this class of free agents are just the unluckiest in, in the history of free agency. I mean, this is as, as tough a beat as you're going to get. I don't see Major League Baseball owners after spending four-plus months crying and whining about money and how much money they're going to lose and how hard it is to survive without fans in the stands. I just don't see any way that these same owners are going to go into the offseason and say, uh-oh, record contracts, here you go, fellas, here you go, oh, JT, here you go. Here's $25 million a year. I just don't see it. I don't see the, the one equaling the other. You know, I, I think it's far more likely that the owners all agree, hey, maybe not collusion-wise agree, but but uh, come to an understanding without having to say it that, hey, we're not going to go nuts this offseason. Uh, the players just, you know, we just spent months fighting these guys, and, you know, there is clearly no love lost there, as we all know. I just don't see any way they're going to welcome these players into free agency with, with boatloads of cash. I just don't see it happening. I think Mookie Betts is going to get significantly less than he would have if it had been last offseason, and I, I think JT Romuto too. So, um, But the flip side of this is, and obviously it's happening within their own building with, with the Bryce Harper of it all, and Harper you know, yelling out, sign him, and wearing the jersey and talking about how terrible, be, terrible it would be if they don't sign him, and and... Um, to start with that, and then we'll get to the fan part of it, but I mean, the Harper part is tough in and of itself. I mean, everything he says, everything he does chips away at the leverage that his team that he plays for for the next 12 years has in attempting to sign JT Romito. Every time he does that, he's, he's chipping away at that. And um, it's an awkward kind of thing because on the one hand, I, I love, I absolutely adore that Bryce Harper is fighting for his dude. That Bryce Harper is saying, we got to sign this guy. He matters. And he's vocal about it. I love that. I love that aspect of Harper as a teammate, as a person, that he cares like that. I love it. But on the flip side, not only doing it is is hurting the leverage of the team he plays for, but also he also could be setting up a situation where he's making himself be in an awkward situation in the future. What about when Reese Hoskins wants to get paid someday? What about Aaron Nola, whoever it is? I mean, are these guys going to look at Bryce and be like, hey, man, you want to yell, sign him for me too? You're going to wear my jersey when that time comes? You know, he is creating the potential for a situation where, you know, he's signaling out and saying, I did it for JT, but I won't do it for you. I mean, that's a, a potential something down the road, if nothing else. You know, it's not nothing. And then, you know, you add in the fact that, again, the Phillies are the team who is trying to sign him. And ultimately, if they get him to a better contract, that's going to help Bryce Harper. That's going to help the Phillies because this team has not shown that they're willing to go out and spend money and spend over the luxury tax in any meaningful way. And if they're not going to do that, then the number they get JT Romuto signed, that makes a big difference because that's going to control their cash flow, right? And also, this is a Phillies team that, brought Bryce Harper in for a reason, traded for JT Romito for a reason. If you're going to try and win a World Series with this core, the core of Bryce Harper, JT Romito, and others, but those two guys really being the the two elite players on this team, the, the guys who are going to carry this team forward, then you're going to have to add to it. 
Because the team as it's currently comprised, and again, we'll get to this weird season and, and predictions for it at some point, but you know, who knows? Uh, again, I, I've said many times, I think this season, as much as any ever, is the hardest to predict in the sense that it's all about how people respond to this unique, strange situation that we are all part of. But in reality, this this roster that the Phillies have put together, including the young players who they have de- developed and bring up, the Howard Bowman, then question marks, um, that that core that they have is is not a a bona fide championship core. Could they get lucky? Could things happen? Maybe, sure, that happens. But it's not a, a team you look at and say, oh, that's a championship roster. So, with that in mind, they still have to sign JT Ramuto to a long-term deal, but then they also have to add to that championship roster, right? Like, they have to be willing to add. They don't have the minor league reinforcements coming up for years and years now that are going to be enough to supplement what they have at the major league roster to be a championship club. So, not only do they have to think about signing Romuto, but they have to do it in a way where they can also sign pitcher X, sign reliever Y. Do They have to add. They have to add to this club. Like, this club, as it's consisted, this core that you're trying to win with isn't good enough. It's just not good enough in a macro sense. So, it, it's a real balancing act, and that's why I, look, and that's why I have, I have advocated the way the Phillies are handling it in the sense of just not giving Romuto whatever the hell he wants. Now, it is, again, complicated, not only by the Harper part of it, but by the fan reaction part, and, and I don't want the Phillies to listen to the fans in this case particularly, um, but there is a, a large, large portion of the fan base that basically just wants them to sign JT Romuto at all costs. Hey, you gave up 6 for him. They need him. Pay him his money. That is the, I would say, overwhelming sentiment from the fan base. I would say that the fan base would rather they overpay to sign him than not. And that, again, falls into this contradictory situation that we are dealing with here where the Phillies have a lot of balls in the air. And this Romuto situation is turning into a difficult one. Now, I do think that by hitting the open market, it will show JT Romuto what his market is. Again, as we were just talking about, I don't see any way these free agents are getting paid what they want or expect to get paid or hope to get paid. And thus, I think hitting the free agent market will show that to them, and then the Phillies just have to outbid everyone else. But look, you never know. It just takes one team to to say, you know, screw it. This is this is the guy we want to build our team around and to go after him. Now, a 30-year-old catcher, it would be a 30 to start the contract. I just, I think that would be surprising. So again, I do, ultimately, if you're going to ask me to predict how this plays out, I think the Philly, I think JT Romito will be a Philly in 2021. I think he hits free agency, and I think the Phillies re-sign him, and I think he gets less than he expected to now. So I think in the long run, if I have to predict how it plays out, the Phillies will get the guy and they'll get him for less than if they did it now, which is why I advocate and I'm fine with them waiting. But it's clearly a risk. I mean, you're clearly putting yourself in a situation where you know, I think most people would have wanted and thought J.T. Romuto to have already been signed. And if they had been messing around with the luxury tax and all that, he might have been. So um, I do think the Phillies kind of bungled this situation early and have maybe, in a sense, gotten a little lucky with the, the way the market has played out for them. Um, obviously, no one lucky in this situation in reality, let's be real. But um, in terms of just the amount they'll have to pay, JT, I do think that it could have decreased as a result of that. But it's going to be a fascinating situation. It's one that um, isn't going away. It's going to be a theme for the season, especially if they fall out of it. I mean, there's a number of things. If they fall out of it, do they consider trading him and trying to sign him this offseason? That would be... The wildest move out of all of them, but we've seen teams do that. Look, the Phillies did that with Cliff Lee. The Phillies traded Cliff Lee away, then went back and signed him when he was a free agent. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really interesting situation, and, and obviously there's a lot of balls in the air. But 
Um, I do think that the Phillies are smart not to just give him what he wants because I don't think he'll get what he wants in the open market. But again, they are certainly playing with a fire uh, with a player that clearly their star player needs here and the fan base needs here. That's uh, a tough one. All right. Uh, some other things to get into before we get out of here today, as I said, kind of wrapping up the weekend. One thing, um, Joe Girardi uh, talking a little bit on Friday after practice um, and feels pretty set with his lineup. And uh, it's kind of where we we thought we had uh, you know, predicted what the lineup would look like, like last night. And it's pretty on point. Uh, he did confirm for us that Gene Segura will be the 30, uh, likely, he said, but will likely be the starting third baseman. We had wondered whether that was something we just saw in the, the first part of spring training or if Segura might be playing second. So, and Kingery moving around. It does look like that Segura at third, Kingery at second. Even if Kingery isn't ready to start the season, and, and we hope he will be, it looks like he's on track. But if Kingery is not ready to start the season, Segura would still play third base, it appears. So that is really fascinating. Uh, and then the other spot, the spot that I, I mentioned as being, you know, the kind of question mark is the Adam Hazley center field spot. Um, and it does look like, according to Joe Girardi, it's a real competition there. Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley are battling for the center field spot. That is the way it looks. Uh, Girardi, quote unquote, my mind is really open with that spot. If one guy emerges, it's one guy. If it's a platoon, it's a platoon. If one guy plays more than the other, we have that. The big thing is we get production out of center field. That's what I'm looking for. And that doesn't necessarily mean home runs. It probably won't with these guys, Joe. Um, he says, it could mean getting on base and scoring runs on a lot of different things, including really good defense. I'm just going to let it play out and see who rises to the top here. And that's what it should be, right? I mean, that's what we want. We want someone, especially at that position. I mean, this is your eight or nine hitter, depending on how he shakes out the lineup on a day-to-day basis. This is someone um, who defensively is more important than offensively, I would say, so. Yeah, worry about the defense. I'm good with that, Joe. Certainly not the home runs. We'll probably get 10 total from Hazley and Quinn. I'm sorry, in a 60-game season, we'll probably get five total. I was thinking about a longer season. Yeah, we're not expecting a ton of home runs from these guys. Uh, I think it's what they could do in the other spots. Um, but I, I do um, – I, look, I'm I'm a fan of competition. I'm a fan of giving guys a chance to earn it, and neither Adam Hazley nor Roman Quinn deserves to be handed that job, so I'm very happy with that. I do think that in a perfect world – I think Roman Quinn, as I've said many times, if if a perfect world, Hazley can win the job and Quinn is the weapon that he is coming off the bench. I mean, uh, Roman Quinn, just a, a massive weapon off the bench because he can hit from both sides of the plate. He is one of the fastest guys in the sport and he can play defense. I mean, that's literally what you want coming off the bench as a weapon. So I, I think Quinn gives you more versatility um, as a weapon off the bench than if he's just starting in center field. I mean, we've talked about the extra inning rule. I mean, you'd love to have Roman Quinn available to stick on second base and extra innings. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I, I think that ideally it's Hazley. And, and Hazley also, you know, first-round pick. You want him to grow and develop and turn into something. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's Quinn. And, you know, Hazley has certainly not blown everyone away and, and shown um, a propensity to, you know, dominating in any way, shape, or form. So, you know. We'll see. Um, but I do appreciate that it's an open competition there. I think that's fair, and, and I think that's kind of what we expected, at least to a certain point. And, um, again, I, I think if they can get production out of that center field spot, I mean, that's really the one-week spot when you look at the lineup. If, if Kingery's healthy, if you know you got Jay Bruce DHing or, or something like that, I mean, you know, boom coming up. I mean, it's really center field is that one spot where, you you know, you don't feel 
confident on a night-to-night basis from an offensive perspective. That's how good the rest of the lineup is, though, and that's why it's exciting. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think it's going to be a, an interesting battle there, and it is nice to see like we've got some clarity on what we expected. Look, it's exactly what we predicted, but um, nice to see some clarity on the lineup and how that's going to shake out. Interesting notes about Kingery and Segura and stuff like that. So good stuff there. All right, a couple more things to get into before we get out of here today. I mentioned before, uh, Jay Garrietta chiming in on the strict protocols um, and also how he sees an opportunity for something special. Um, Arietta talking on Saturday to reporters uh, said, quote unquote, I don't see any reason we can't execute a full season. The protocols and safety guidelines we're following here in Philadelphia are strict and for good reason, which is great to hear. Obviously, already with some of the question marks with baseball and getting the test back and the Adam Hazley false test and all that type of stuff, it's good to hear uh, a player kind of touting the good job that, that baseball is doing with this. He goes on, uh, we just have to take it upon ourselves to be safe. Limit interactions away from the field. We need to wear masks outside or in the clubhouse. That's just what we need to do. Be respectful and courteous to those around us. Yes, great points. Um, he goes on. I don't mean to be pessimistic. I feel like it will happen. It was scary to see Scott Kingery get it and Freddie Freeman get it. Hit really hard the way he did. If that can happen to him, it can happen. If that can happen to them, it can happen to any of us. And he's right about that. He goes on. There's a lot on the line, and we have an opportunity to do something special in a very strange year if we allow, if we follow the protocols. And I think everyone's willing to do that. Now, good to hear that he thinks that the protocols are good. You know, in shape, looking good, looking organized, and all that. That's really good to hear. And, and look, I do think that. Again, to his point, the idea of the opportunity to do something special in a weird year, I actually do agree with. Again, like, as much as I think the Phillies are, and we'll go, we'll reference it again at one point um, during the months and months without baseball that we have been talking here, um, I went through and did a power rankings of all the teams in Major League Baseball as I saw it. This was prior to opt-outs and any new information we have and all that, but I had the Phillies in the uh, 10 to 12 range in terms of, of, as a team in baseball, and that's... Um, I, I do believe that this year, and I've said this earlier in the show, I've said it many times, but um, I think this year is the highest potential for, you know, 15 out of the 30 teams to win a World Series. You know what I mean? Maybe not even that. Maybe, maybe it's 13. But the point being that I think there's a cutoff number at a certain point where in a, in a normal season, 162, a full a full run and the depth that's needed and all that, that in reality, there's probably seven, six, seven, eight teams that could actually win the World Series realistically. Anything can happen. I know it's baseball, but realistically. Whereas this year, I think that number increases by double or more. I really do because, again, I think talent is part of it this year, but I think just as big a part of it potentially is the way people react to this unique situation. You know, the way that these human beings, not robots, human beings react to the the pressure that is on them from so many different angles from the fear of of their for their health the way they need to act on and off the field the um fear of getting sick then and thus transferring that to the clubhouse and, and then also just the the stress of the short season with a different ramp up with all kinds of other societal and personal factors factoring in throughout the season I really think that it, it's all it's going to take is a unique group of guys in a unique situation that handle it better than everyone else for a team you don't expect to go on a run and potentially win it all. 
Seriously, I think that can happen this year. So, in a weird way, like, I... And again, I, I, I feel like there's a very good chance they don't make the playoffs, and there's a very good chance they're, they're that second wild card. But I also think that, not a very good chance, but there's more of a chance in a 60-game season that the Phillies win it all than in a 162-game season, just because of the variance and the, and the strangeness of this year and the uniqueness of this year. And I think that could have a really interesting um, you know, way to end. And I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch this year is how teams react, how stories react. Again, I've said it a hundred times that I, I guarantee you there's going to be a team no one expects to make the playoffs who will and someone who everyone expects to make the playoffs who won't. It's going to happen. Weird things are going to happen. And again, I do think that how teams react, and I think Girardi could be a big part of this for this Phillies team, is the way he handles this club and the way they react is going to be um, really important on the, cha- on the chance for them to, to make some sort of meaningful run this year. I really do think that it all comes down to um, it's going to be a different year. And again, talent matters. Don't get me wrong. You know, the Dodgers and the Phillies, you put them side by side. The Dodgers are a markedly better baseball team. Like, they are definitely better. But this year's weird, and weird stuff's going to happen. So, I think anything can happen. And along those lines, the last thing I want to get into, because Larry Boa, uh, first of all, I love Larry Boa. I love that that he um, is very open about how he feels and, and is honest and stuff. Um, and he agrees with something that I've said, and, and I've heard a lot of people, especially people in the sport, in baseball, say, oh, it's going to be the toughest year yet, what a championship to win and all that, but Boa is, uh, Boa's like me, and, uh, this is from a Casey Feeney article on, uh, on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and when, uh, I guess he, Boa talking to John Clark says that the champion of this Major League Baseball season will require an asterisk next to their name in the record books because of being a shortened season during the coronavirus pandemic. And um, Bo elaborated why he thought that and all that. And, and it's just, I'm so with him. And I have gotten into arguments with people. Oh, this is the hardest one to win yet and stuff. And that's fine. Again, I just want to clarify. And thank you, Larry Bo, for being real about this. But the idea that, look, it can be an accomplishment to win this year. It can be uh, um, something to praise and something worthy of celebration. But it's not a World Series title in the classic sense. It needs an asterisk. It needs something to show people that this was a weird, unique season that is not baseball the way we know baseball. Like, that's all. Again, I think people look at asterisks as just this totally negative, horrible thing that if it's on there, it ruins everything and all that. But this is not the case. Like, it's just, and again, look, do I, I you know, do I, and I think in some ways, like others have talked about, it, in some ways, like I just talked about, the idea of, of who responds the most can kind of make this, in a way, a, a tough title to win, you know, a tough championship, quote-unquote, to win because it is so unique, because we are facing pressures that none of these guys have ever faced and all that type of stuff. But it's not the same. You have to put an asterisk there. And I know that we won't forget what 2020 was, but in 100 years, when they look back at Major League Baseball and they see a a World Series champion with a season record of 40 and 20, and they're like, wait a minute, that looks weird. What what was that? Why doesn't it have an asterisk next to it? What a weird year. It needs to have an asterisk next to it, even if the Phillies win, sadly, you know? But that is what it is. That is life, and I'll take it. We'll take what we can get, right? Um, it will be crazy, though. I heard some people talk about this, just the idea that, like, like if the Cleveland Indians win the World Series this year, that's just one of those... Uh, 
You know, they've waited so long, and then this is the one they went up. Look, I'm sure they'll take whatever they can get. It's been since 1948. But, you know, if you're waiting for a really long time, maybe just wait one more year. You say, ah, we'll get it next year. We don't need this one, though, to break the curse, as it were. But I definitely think an asterisk needs to be on there. All right, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this week, a lot of Philly stuff to dive into. We will start to preview the season. Uh, again, get into that idea um, of a 60-game season, and a lot of things can happen. There's a lot of variance. There's a lot of potential for weird things to happen. I think Girardi can make a big difference. We'll talk more about that this week as well as we start to preview things. Again, uh, uh, we got exhibition games coming up the 18th, 19th, and 20th, if all things work out. And then next week, one week from Friday, Major League Baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies playing baseball. Can not wait. Awesome. All right. Uh, it'll be a fun week. Stick with us. Uh, everyone, uh, stay safe, stay healthy until tomorrow. Thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.